Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Okay, overnight crowders, it is time now to cross to Sarah Wildy from the edge of the crowd to catch up on the super netball action. Let me set the scene because there has been rounds... 9, 10, and 11 occurring across just nine days. We last spoke to Sarah after round nine had completed. So we've had two rounds since we last spoke, plus she's been at the Australian Swimming Championship. So she's one busy, busy journo at the moment. And Sarah, thank you for joining us and fitting us in here on the Overnight Crowd. Yeah, thanks for having me again, Jen. It has been a very busy week for me, but um, I'm excited to be back talking about Super Netball and some swimming as well. Fantastic. Well, let's look at the Super Netball to start because... With three rounds in those nine days, two that we haven't covered off, of course, is there anyone that in that period of time has shifted their position in the season, either good or bad? Oh, massively. So we have seen the Thunderbirds jump into the top four, which is a bit of a shock to everyone. Um, And we've also seen the Firebirds fall further away from the pack. Unfortunately, they're now out of the top four after suffering two Heavy losses, one at the hands of the Thunderbirds and one at the hands of their Queensland rivals, the Lightning, which was an absolute shock to everyone on Saturday. Oh, yeah, well, the Battle of the Birdies, it, it paid off for the Thunderbirds. And they've, yeah, as you said, you mentioned, they've jumped up to three and the Firebirds mm-hmm. out of the four are now in sixth place on the same points as seventh and eighth. So it mm-hmm. is it is still tight at the at bottom of the table. Um, but the Thunderbirds... The three games in the nine days, there seemed to be for them in particular, that I think it was their last game, they had quite a consistent team for around 60-odd minutes of the game. That seemed to work for them, which they've kind of been a bit more chop and change previously. Oh, yes. This is so unusual for the Thunderbirds. Uh, on Wednesday night against the Firebirds, I think it was the first time this season they went 60 minutes without making a single change. Um, which is just a little bit crazy. Tanya Ops is known for her uh, use of the rolling sub. She loves the rolling sub, but on Wednesday night, she didn't use it at all. And on uh, Sunday as well, against the Magpies, they had three massive outs without Captain Hannah Petty, Vice-Captain Maisie Nankerville, and Lenny Putkita, their goal shooter from South Africa. And yet they still managed to beat the Magpies. It was quite an impressive effort from some under-19 state performers from 2019. They were all back in their team together, but this time it was the Thunderbirds. Wow. And is are they all local talent as well? Yeah, yeah. 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 So we, ha- we have three out of four at the front end from um, SA and from a, a 2019 state team that have now made it all into the Thunderbirds. Um, and, yeah, a couple of call-ups from uh, the state league as well in Lucy Austin and Tyler Orr and, yeah, it was, a, it was a really solid effort from, from the seven that were on court. That bodes well for future if they can stick together, oh, yeah. have, raising that local talent. You you think give it give it another three years and they could be an absolute powerhouse. Uh, back on Tuesday, we had the top of the table clash. The Vixens mm-hmm. and the Fever went head-to-head over in Perth. And it was the Vixens, 70-64, to 64, who got the bragging rights and uh, pushed above on the top of the table even more so. Yeah, this, this is an important match for the Vixens, a tough trip over to Perth. And they really just went and got the job done. Um, Fever had a really poor start. 
and Dan Ryan did comment on that post-match. He was, he was very disappointed with that. Um, and unfortunately, it really did cost them because it was only six goals in the end. Uh, but the Vixens, they had the answers. They, they started strong and continued that way, even putting off such a strong uh, back half from the fever to try and get themselves in front. But the Vixens held them off quite comfortably. So the Vixens now have a game in hand sitting at, at mm-hmm. f- in first place. So nine wins for them, two losses. Then the Fever in second with eight wins and three losses. And then we jump down to three, four, and five. Thunderbirds, Giants, Swifts, all on 20 points, all with the five wins and six losses and a lot to play for with a few rounds to go. I know there's only three rounds to go and there is so much that could happen to this table. Um, We were looking at it last week as to sort of what we thought might happen. And then first game on Saturday, the Lightning beating the Firebirds, that was all thrown out (laughs) because you just cannot predict how these games are going to go and where this ladder is going to end up at the end of the season. I think all of those bottom teams are fighting for those two spots, really. Um, They can all still mathematically make it. So, It'll be very interesting to see if it does come down to some uh, important clashes in round 14. Okay, so we'll let's, we won't look as far ahead as round 14, but let's look to round 12. <laughs> so we're back to the normal Saturday-Sunday fixturing right now. First game, mm-hmm. Magpies versus the Swifts, and they're, they're sitting on the same points. Exactly. This is going to be a, a really important clash for both teams, and and I probably will want to respond after such a disappointing performance last weekend, but obviously coming off the back of quite a heavy week in netball. It's always interesting to see how teams then respond when, once they've gotten a seven-day break in between games, which they obviously haven't experienced for two and a half weeks. <laughs> um, so if, if they can get back in the training environment and get themselves up, uh, that'll be good. But I do think the Swifts will take this one. Okay, Swifts to beat the Magpies. The second game on Saturday is Fever versus the Firebirds. So realistically, it should be a Fever win, mm-hmm. but the Firebirds, they desperately need this upset to stay in touch. They desperately do, but I, I don't know. I, I thought that they, on the weekend, they had improved a couple of things from the previous losses, but they still weren't looking that great. Um, and over in Perth, that's a tough, tough road trip. Vixens would not, like Vixens saw that last week. They were challenged and um, came away with it. Firebirds are going to have to replicate that as well because they really need a win. But Fever at home, pretty strong team. Mm, very strong team. I think Fever will get that is probably my yes, gut do. feel. <laughs> Yours as well? I do agree there. Yeah. So the next one, Sunday. Let's look at Sunday. We've got a first V8. So top of the table, V the current bottom of the table, Vixens V Lightning. Again, you look at it and you think the Vixens have to do this. But again, Lightning have been giving throwing up some shock results across this season. So you mentioned the Vixens' couple of losses. One of, them, one of those was at the hands of the Lightning. There you go. So if there's anyone that knows how to beat the Vixens, it's the Lightning. But um, I really don't know that that will happen this week. I think the Vixens are pretty comfortable at the top of the table now and they will want to stay there. Um, and the Lightning, they had a strong performance last week and unfortunately I don't know that it's something that they can back up quite quite as well, um, especially not being a Queensland Derby this week. It's a trip down to Melbourne, and I do think the Vixens will get up quite comfortably. Yeah, Vixens for me as well. Giants and the Thunderbirds round out the round 12 action. Again, a, a crucial game for both teams. Thunderbirds sitting in third, Giants in fourth. Whichever one comes away with the win just gains a game. Exactly. Uh, it's a massive, massive clash to finish off our weekend of netball. Um, this is the one I'm most excited for, to be honest, because it does play such a big role on that top four. Um, 
Giants at home are a pretty hard team to beat. They they do love a home crowd at Kenrose Bowl, but the Thunderbirds, they're on a roll. And I, as a Thunderbirds fan, would really love them to remain on this roll and keep going. Um, it'll be interesting to see who they get back from illness this week. That could play a factor. Um, but the Giants, last time they played, the Thunderbirds were under uh, a few COVID outs. So I think that this time it will be a different story for them and the Giants will get up. So it looks like first and second, obviously not going to really shift around too much other than battling with each other. But that third and fourth placing is something Mm -hmm. that's going to be so interesting to watch over the last three rounds. Uh, We'll definitely talk more about netball this time next week. But Sarah, you also found yourself covering the Australian Swimming Championships. And it was, again, you talked about being um, exhausted, but what a weekend it was. Oh, exactly. I was thrilled to go on Friday night and watch this live. And then I covered across the weekend from my home because, yes, it is pretty, pretty exhausting covering a lot of sport um, across Adelaide, but uh, I was very happy to get down to these ones. I do love swimming and trials for Worlds and uh, Commonwealth Games, so massive teams to make um, and some pretty talented swimmers that even broke some records. So, yes, it was a really exciting weekend of competition. Yeah, speaking of the records, what was it? We had um, Titmus um, break the world record of Ledecky's and they have a fantastic rivalry and they just seem to actually want each other. Like, it's, I think I saw something from Titmus saying, I want Ledecky to take this back so that we're constantly fighting each other. Yeah, she loves the rivalry with Ledecky and it's a really res- respectful rivalry as well. They they do respect each other as swimmers. Um, and, yeah, they kind of want each other to take the record so that they can have something to strive for to take it back off the other. Um, but, yeah, this time of 3.56.40 uh, was 0.06 in front of Ledecky. <laughs> so it was very tight. She was so far ahead of it at the 200-metre mark, though, that I thought she was going to absolutely smash it, especially because her back half of her 400 is normally her stronger point. But... Yeah, uh, it was a very tight call, um, but I'm so glad she got it done. And um, it was a bucket list item that she ticked off. She was talking about it uh, on a, a few broadcast channels today um, about the record. And yeah, she was she was thrilled, which is just so good to see. So proud of herself. Absolutely. And you can't help but love watching her coach uh, cheer down these performances as well. He's this additional or pra- parallel storyline that we've all really decided mm-hmm. we like watching. Oh, we do. We do, do love Dean Boxall and his um, cheering. He had a few swimmers doing some pretty awesome things at these champs, Molly O'Callaghan as well. Um, and, yeah, he just loves it. He thrives off the competition and he just gets so into it. I love to watch it. We saw Shana Jack come back from her mm-hmm. um, suspension and speaking, she's in the Boxall camp as well, I think, isn't she? So another uh, that was an emotional race once she, she got up for the win there. Yeah, St. Peter's Western uh, swimmer there. So, yes, she does train under Dean as well. And um, she qualified first in the 100 free, and you could sort of just see her relax after that. She was like, oh, I've actually done it. I'm back on the team. It was a very emotional first night for her. And then she came out and absolutely smashed a 50 to to take her first Australian title, which has been a long time coming. But, yeah, it was so good to see Shana back in the pool after, yes, a couple of years' ban. And Kyle Chalmers, he's been in the news probably a bit unfairly, everyone, for some reason, whacking him a bit for just doing his sport. Um, You know, I I don't know. Where do you sit on on the storyline that is Kyle Chalmers and Cody Simpson? 
Oh, they're two swimmers, and I think that we need to like take the personal stuff out yeah. of it because, yeah, poor Kyle, honestly, this week, um, it's been really rough, the, the sort of treatment he's got and the, the storylines that have been written around him because he said it himself seven weeks ago, he wasn't in the pool um, yeah. and wasn't really sure what this year had in store for him because he wasn't really passionate about it. But something I think we see with Kyle is, he needs the competition like he needs an event to really fire him up um and he loves like trials especially at his home pool in marion and um i think that sort of getting back in the environment getting environment getting back around the swimmers sort of gave him a, a bit of happiness and joy and then unfortunately it turned a bit sour with the media coverage but um yes he did qualify and he has decided to go to both world champs in budapest and birmingham com games so Yes, that was the controversy, but uh, yeah, Cody Simpson made the Com Games team too, so he can't be uh, upset about that. Oh, so it's all worked out in the end, and that's a great storyline to follow, I guess, as well. Like, you know, the the change from swimmer into pop stardom, and then back into being an elite athlete. I've got a lot of respect for Cody Simpson as well. Sarah, thanks for a comprehensive netball wrap and swimming wrap, and it's of course time now for me to put you on the spot. What's your moment of the sporting weekend? My moment of the sporting weekend was the drama in the pool last night in the 1500. So 1500 men's freestyle, Sam Short went to stop at the 1400 metre mark and then realised the bell was ringing and he was like, oh my gosh, I've got to swim another lap. So he goes and swims another lap, finishes a couple of seconds outside the qualifying time, FINA A qualifying time, which means that he technically on that time wouldn't have a spot in the Com Games team. But thankfully, uh, there was just some discretion shown by the um, Com Games selectors and he did get a spot. So he had an 800 spot for the world, which was already settled. But 1500, it was stressful watching. (laughs) But finally, his name got announced and we were so excited for him. How long do you think he lost by touching in, stopping, looking around and then realising? Obviously, all the momentum lost. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The, The commentators are saying, like, it's the fact that he stopped. He then, uh, he thought it was ringing in his ears. He was saying after the um, yeah. race, he was, he thought like the bell was ringing and um, yeah, he didn't sense that that was <laughs> what oh. was actually going on. <laughs> and then he realized, so he probably lost a couple of seconds on that. But what the commentators also said is he probably lost a few seconds on the restart because you've lost all momentum. Mm-hmm. You're not coming out of a normal tumble turn. You're coming out of literally pushing off the wall. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, and that's where the discretion was shown was it's like, well, if he hadn't stopped hundred meters early, he would have easily made it under, even though it wasn't his best time, he would have easily made it under the qualifying time. So very just, glad to have him in the 1500 at the Com game. That is the stuff of nightmares. I reckon for a 1500 oh. meters swimmer. Absolutely. He will now forever. He will be like counting laps and going, that was this many, that was this many. And he'll just yep. repeat that and repeat that and repeat that. Cause he will not want to make that mistake again, but great moment of the weekend, Sarah. Thanks for joining us tonight on the Overnight Crowd. Can't wait to speak to you next week. Thanks for having me, Jen. Sarah Wildy talking to us from the edge of the crowd all about Super Nepal and the Australian Swimming Champs that she covered. And what a great moment of the weekend. Keep sharing yours. You know the numbers. Get in touch here on the Overnight Crowd. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.